This is the word of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we have many reasons to be joyful as we gather together this morning. Not long ago, I met with our long-range planning committee, and we reviewed what is this document, our Columbus 2025 document. About four years ago, we sat together as a church, and we prayed, and we talked, and we said, Lord, what would you have us be and do as we move towards the future? And as the committee looked back through some of these plans that we held out as, here's where we want to go in the next 10 years, it was, well, it was thrilling to see the things that are already in place, that God has already been working in our midst just over these last few years. We've seen some evidence of it this morning as we uh, see these moments where our international neighbors have shared their gifts with us. Over 225 uh, neighbors will gather on Thursdays with 65 volunteers, 75 toddlers and babies. He stays busy over there next door right about now. We see more involvement and participation of our international friends in Sunday school and here on Sunday mornings and even in places of leadership as our church is continuing to move forward. We've seen our Spanish worship venue begin to take a life of its own and to accelerate our ability to serve and to minister to folks whose primary language is Spanish. I don't know if you noticed, but Aaron was right over here on the guitar. He's our new worship leader in the Spanish language venue and doing a great job. We see the same kind of growth happening even across the way in our band-led service. Um, to be specific, a 19% increase uh, over last year of folks who are uh, coming together and worshiping just across the way in the fellowship hall. We've seen more folks in Sunday school and in our Columbus U classes that are on Wednesday nights than we've seen in the past. Uh, we've launched a new family retreat, and I know that uh, there were 20 of our families, uh, many of you, who were there to be a part of learning how to more and more uh, disciple our families in the faith. And just recently, our Next Gen team launched the Family Avenue, uh, hundreds of tools and resources for parents and grandparents to, to help to cultivate faith within the family. And we've seen some new, uh, new folks uh, serving and leading through our leaders in training program. You've probably seen some fifth and sixth graders greeting at the door or uh, serving during our offering time or maybe behind the camera or uh, in our tech rooms because our children's ministry is raising up kids not just to be uh, consumers of ministry but participants in it, serving right alongside the rest of us. We've also seen new connections for folks to find healing as we have brought alongside the cradled recovery program for those moms and dads who've experienced the loss of little ones. And we've seen a new partnership with a church in our area to, to be a part of the regeneration recovery program. And our folks are finding freedom from addictions of all different sorts. We've seen new ministries launching and we've seen new mission taking place right here in our church. Columbus at the Park continues, and two and sometimes three times a year, we see more and more folks serving and volunteering out there just across the street 
And we see more and more folks from our city and community uh, connecting and meeting folks who they would never otherwise have a, have a t- chance to touch. And even across the ocean, uh, overseas in our partner church in Denia, Spain, uh, we've seen four of the five Casa de Esperanzas, houses of hope. Uh, think of it like a little baby church that have come to life as our folks have uh, given, but also have gone uh, to support the work of the gospel in another country, in another language. We were involved in supporting right here in our own state. When we sent teams eight weeks in a row to uh, go serve in Hurricane Harvey relief. And just across the street, every day of the week, down at the center, uh, we'll see 1,300 people from our city who are using that facility to pursue health and wellness in all aspects of their life, emotional and physical, as well as spiritual. And also across the street on this side, our CDC continues to serve families in our neighborhood and in our city. And perhaps one of the most exciting things that we've seen happen there is a Michelle, our preschool minister, has started a chapel time. And so every Wednesday, my study time gets interrupted because they're right next door singing and learning about Jesus. And I can't help but love it, even though I'd rather it be more quiet. Uh, no, we're, we love the fact that those kids who are in our care every day uh, are learning what it means to worship Jesus and to follow him. We're seeing this happen among college students in some pretty exciting ways. Uh, this year, there were seven community groups and 15 leaders Just two weekends ago, our college ministry finished their training, and they've doubled the number of leaders. And next year, we anticipate 15 new community groups launching out. We're seeing a whole new life and energy as we are reaching out to engage students. All of this has been part of our our dream and our hope, as we have said, God, do you still have a plan for our church? And we've heard him answer, yes. And so, with great joy, we have undertaken a big project to say we're going to take care of this facility as best we know how. And so, about six months ago, we prayed together and we talked about what it was going to take to continue to serve right here at the center of the city. And so, we we adopted a plan, our Columbus 365 plan, to raise $3.6 million over three years. And you know what? Because of y'all's generosity and God's goodness. We've already raised over $1.9 million. That's in six months, y'all. We've raised over half of what is supposed to happen. This just isn't what happens. This is not the story that the experts tell. God has been working and moving in our hearts, in our cities, using us. I want y'all to see some of the stuff that's happening. We got a video that our team put together because I know that many of y'all aren't seeing the spaces that are getting touched. And it's not just that y'all are giving faithfully. Stuff's happening. So watch this video to just get a taste of what's going on. Welcome to the Children's Building Lobby. Over here is where we're going to have our Family Avenue Resource Center and our check-in desk. Over here we'll have a nice little play area for the little ones while their parents are checking in. And my favorite part 
is this wall right here is going to be enclosed and will be an additional security checkpoint to keep our little ones safe. Let me show you one of the additions we're doing in the baby rooms. Anybody who's ever worked or volunteered in an infant room is gonna love this. This area that used to be enclosed and shared by two rooms is now open to each room for changing area. Now Shelly will show you guys what's going on upstairs. Welcome to the second floor. We're standing now in what used to be my office. This space is gonna become a new uh, lounge area for parents to come and sit and hang out while they're waiting on kids to get out of class. It will also serve as a break area for our weekday teachers, Monday through Friday, as well as a meeting space for anyone who might be having a small meeting up here on the second floor. One of our newest safety features is the addition of a sprinkler system throughout the building. Each classroom will get a complete makeover with new paint, countertops, cabinet stain, and fun new carpet colors. Randall is ready to show you next what's happening on the first floor over at the center. We're over here at the center. Wanted to give you guys an update on what has been going on over here the last couple months. Um, from new doors um, that were motion centered, uh, we'll welcome members into our building to a new check-in counter um, that will allow members to uh, feel very welcome. We have new carpet in our front entrance and lobby, uh, updated bathrooms, and we're really excited for you to come and take a look. Now let's go take a look at the fourth floor of the main church and see what Jason's up to. And here's a quick update from the fourth floor. As you can see, we have uh, gotten rid of the asbestos and the old HVAC system. And Thomas and his crew are feverishly patching the holes so we can come back with paint and a new HVA system and some new carpet. It's going to be good. Looking forward to it. And we come down to the third floor where they are getting after it with the windows. Uh, as you can see, we've got one window figured out and we're beginning the process of uh, putting the framing in and getting us these nice new windows. As you can see, the old chiller that used to sit on the roof is now gone, being replaced by much more energy efficient HVAC equipment. Looking forward to the rest of that coming in. And on the back alley, uh, where the windows are going, and of course we're getting new brick, this one happens to be an Abilene brick, but that'll be nice on the back alley. And in closing, we definitely want to say thank you for giving of your time, your talent, and your treasure. And then now I know you've given of your patience in multiple moves, in confusion on which room I need to go to, but I promise you in the end it'll be worth it. Thanks again. Yes, that's right. And I want to echo Jason's thank you. Uh, thank you for giving so faithfully. Do you know how much money we've had to spend on debt and interest for the debt? Zero dollars. We have paid as we've gone for everything along this way. Keep going, y'all. Continue to give faithfully and generously. If you've gotten behind, it's okay. We understand. Things happen. Uh, just uh, as you're able, continue to give. If you've been giving without a pledge, and we know that, uh, that there's over 50 of you who've been giving without a pledge, we just want to say thank you as well. 
If, if you'd like to find out more about the Columbus 365 uh, challenge and initiative, these books are on the back of the, uh, back of the room today. And if you'd like to make a pledge, if you'd like to join us in this task and this mission, not just to, to renovate a building, but to restore this place so that we can reach out more and more in the city, then I want to invite you to join with us. If you haven't uh, made a pledge, you can do that. And you can get on board with what God is doing. We have all kinds of reasons to be joyful today, all kinds of reasons to celebrate. But I, I don't want you to miss, out, out of all of these good things that we, we can and we need to rejoice about, don't, don't miss that one reason that is the foundation of the joy and celebration that we have today. That, that passage of Scripture that we, we heard in so many languages, the joy of the Lord is our strength, points us to a kind of joy that is bigger and grander and greater than, than any circumstantial moment. And, and so as we think about that joy today and as we celebrate all the good things that God is doing and he's given to us, I, I want you to think with me just for a few minutes about what this greatest joy is, a joy that can give us strength. Now, to, to help you think about this, Miss Carolyn, can I borrow this box from you? I, I, I want you to think about it this way. This will uh, just serve as a, a box to represent uh, joy. We can look at that verse, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we can actually think about it in two different ways. The first way, which is our, our most common way to approach this, is to, to think about joy as a, as a gift that God has, he possesses, and that we ask him for so that he can then deliver it to us to possess, right? And oftentimes you might go through different seasons of life and you pray, God, give me joy. You're, you're approaching joy in a, in a legitimate and right way to say, I, I need joy from the Father. I need him to give this joy to me. And this is the way that most of the times when we read that scripture verse, the joy of the Lord is our strength, it's usually what we assume because that's generally the way our joy works in this world. We, we tend to, to go there with, with things that we receive, they help us to be joyful. But there's a, there's a bit of a problem with, with thinking about joy in only that way. And here's, here's where I've run into it because I, I sometimes struggle with, with being joyful. I know that the Bible commands me to, but it's, it's not always easy for me to be joyful. And so here's what, here's what happens. When, when I pray and I say, God, give me joy. I, need to, I, need, I know I'm supposed to have it. I'm supposed to be filled with it. How can I get this from you? And then I don't really feel any change. I don't know if this happened to you, but sometimes when I, when I pray and I ask for joy, I don't, I don't sense anything. There's no sort of um, lightning bolt from heaven that changes things. I still am struggling with feeling down and dark. And, and, and so my mind goes to one of two places. One is to think, well, maybe God is just being stingy with his joy. Maybe he's not giving it to me. He's keeping his gift back from me. And I know that that's not the case. I know what the Bible says about the generosity of our God, the infinite generosity of our God. And so I, I can kind of set that aside and say, well, well, then what's wrong? Well, the next thing to think about is to well, look at myself. Well, maybe something's wrong with me. 
Maybe there's something in me that, uh, that is wrong or not able to have the kind of joy that the Bible talks about. Maybe I'm the problem. God's not the problem. Maybe I'm the problem. And a lot of folks come to this subject with, with this kind of thinking, and they end up either abandoning their faith or abandoning their hope. But there's a better way here. Because while it is true that, that joy can be something that we possess, that is one way that joy can work in our life, there is a, another kind of joy that isn't about possessing at all. It's about participating. Think about it this way. At Christmas time, when you were a kid, what you wanted most was for your turn to open the presents, right? You wanted those presents to come to you, and you had joy. You opened up the present, and you were excited. Yes, and then what did you do? You tossed it over your shoulder and said, where's the next one? Okay, maybe you didn't do that, but I'm just going to go ahead and confess. Uh, I was looking for the next gift, right? Because the gift that I possess gives me joy. A child tends to think that way. But I don't think that way anymore. You know what I'd love more than anything at Christmas time now? To sit and watch my children as they open up presents and are filled with this delight and, and they're experiencing this sometimes for the first time with my little ones. I love it. I am receiving a joy that I don't possess I'm participating in theirs. And did you know what? Participative joy is far deeper, far more satisfying, and far more lasting than any joy that we possess. And so when we come to this verse of Scripture, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We can either approach it as joy is something that God has that he can give to us, that's a possessive joy, or we can see the brilliant wisdom of God in saying, I am joyful. God is eternally and completely and fully joyful. He is this joy. And so, if we want to know a joy of the Lord that can be our strength, what we need is not to possess his joy, but rather to participate in it. Like a parent seeing a child opening up the gift and experiencing that deep delight, we now, as the kids, look up to the Father, the eternal Father, and see His eternal delight. And our hearts, as we participate with Him in that joy, taste a goodness, taste a delight, taste a joy, that is reserved only for God the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And as God himself experiences joy in and of himself, and he allows us to participate in that joy, 
something eternal comes into us. We find a substance and a weight to the joy that God is. And then we begin to realize that the gift that God wants to give us, it's not joy. Do you know what the gift that God wants to give you is? Himself. Because as you know Him, you get something far greater than any joy you could ever possess. You get to taste and participate in His perfect, eternal joy. You know what we're about to do? We're about to do that. Do you know what this this symbolism means? This is to remind us of the broken body of Jesus and the shed blood of Jesus. Do you know why Jesus did that? It wasn't because of us. It was out of obedience to his Father. Do you know why we're supposed to do this when we gather together as followers of Jesus? Why we're, we're participating in an act like this? Because we're supposed to be recognizing, whoa, Jesus in his obedience and in his sacrifice did something that brought joy to the Father. When we come and remember this moment, We're remembering that moment where the father looked at the son and said, well done. And he backed up his well done by raising him from the dead. So when we come to this table today, it's not first about you and Jesus, though it's certainly about that. Don't miss that what's happening at this table this morning is that the Son is delighting the Father and the Father is looking at the Son in eternal joy and delight. And we get to watch. And not just that. As you take that piece of bread and as you drink that cup of juice, remembering the body of the Son and the blood of the Son, You are participating in that moment. And so I pray today that you would taste a joy that is between the Father and the Son that he's invited you to participate in. And it might be that today you've never known that kind of joy. You've never known that the Father would actually invite you into this. But that's what he's done. The Father has invited you to know him. And so come to him. If you've never, n- never heard this or you've, your heart's never, never sensed it, you've never surrendered to it, then today, say, Father, give me you. 
And if you find yourself struggling, you're a believer in Christ and you, you know what I'm talking about, but you're struggling to live in joy, then here's what I want you to do. Don't ask for joy. It's not wrong to ask for joy, but you can do better than that. Instead, look to what delights the Father and let it be enough to participate in his delight, to participate in his joy, to fill your heart with an everlasting, eternal, strong joy of the Lord. And what I bet you find is that there is a strength that wells up in you that you didn't know was possible.